0: praise the lord he is worthy of all things so thank you so much worship team and thank you for coming out and joining with us again on this beautiful sunny sunday night it's great to have you here and uh, i just trust that the word of god into your life will minister to you here in this room but also for those who are joining us at home right now and for those who are watching during catch-up and Don't forget, you can go back and re-listen to the messages. Um, I just want to do a quick announcement before I get into the message tonight. Wednesday this week, 7.30, we will be down here um, in the other hall and we will have our in-person prayer meeting, uh, first one, and it's going to be an ongoing prayer time that we have and I'm just so excited about what we believe God is going to do. Everything that is birthed in the kingdom is birthed through prayer. If we want to see a revival in this area, it's birth through prayer. If we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, it's birth through prayer. And we just believe that we're coming into a season of birthing some spiritual things, and we're inviting you to be a part of that. Um, so please feel free to sign up on the registration and uh, be here on Thursday, uh, on Wednesday at seven thirty. Fantastic. So over the last couple of weeks. Uh, three weeks now Uh, we've been looking at a thought about considering our ways and why we need to consider our ways and um, through the book of Haggai and the word of the Lord that came through Haggai to the the children of Israel we see something that is so significant that we as the church it'd be so easy to miss it in one of the little minor prophets tucked away in the old testament um but it'd be so easy just to miss it and bypass it but there's so much that is written in the old testament that is for our learnings for our understanding it's for us to take a hold of and to apply to our lives spiritually and what was happening here in the life of israel is very much what happens in the lives of individuals or families or people who go to church attend church and, and what they tend to do is become, like we heard this morning, if you listen to the message this morning, they, they become spectators rather than participators. They, they sit on the, on the fringe of church rather than launching into the heart of the church and really getting involved. Remember, the church is the body of Christ. It is. We are the bride of Christ. And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that um, the first week was about um, how Haggai... Uh, Gave this prophetic utterance uh, and it just woke these people up. They woke the children of Israel up to the error of their ways. What they've been doing, they've been building their own panelled houses. They've been looking after their own interests. They'd enjoyed their time doing what they wanted to do. And then the word of the Lord came and corrected that. And, And then last week we were looking at the limitless possibilities there are in God when we're walking according to his ways. So tonight, I really want to continue these thoughts, just like the children of Israel had to consider their ways. Every one of us are responsible for our journey, our walk with God. Remember, the scriptures turned around and said, work out your salvation. Not that moment that you're trying to work out how to get saved. But once you're saved, we need to work out our salvation, working out what is natural, what is carnal, what is spiritual and walk with God in the way that we should go. And there are too many of us who are living carnal or living um non-spiritual lives when actually we're called a spiritual person we are a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body and here let's if you if you've got your bible turn to haggai or haggai depending which way you like to pronounce it chapter one and we're going to start reading at verse two going to read the same passage ...as we did last week, and we're going to listen out for the moment where it says, consider your ways. It says, verse 2, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, this people say, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of Hosts: Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but you no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put in a bag with holes. After a week's work or a month's worth of work, there is nothing worse than to put your wages in a bag, walk down the road and see it emptying behind you and you're not aware that you're losing all your money. That is what he's saying here. You've earned, you've worked hard, you've done all you can, but because you're not putting me first, it's like putting your money into a bag with holes. It's like you're putting putting on more and more clothes, but the clothes that you're putting on aren't keeping you warm. Why? Because you're not putting me first. And it just goes through this long list of things. You, and then he goes on in verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He's saying this is a wake up call. This is me trying to get you to understand something that is so important. Put me first and the other things will all come into place. Go up to the mountain. And bring wood and build the temple, build the house of God, build what He said He would build. Jesus said, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." Is this is building God's house? You know, some people say, "Well, it's not the church." Yes, it is the church. It's the body of believers that come together. It is the temple. We are the temple individually and corporately. We are the household of faith, or the household of God. It says, you look for much, sorry, I go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. But when you bought it uh, and when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because my house, uh, because uh, because of my house that lays in ruins while every one of you runs his own house. And I, I just love i love the fact that god just didn't let them get on with it his heart as a father was to let them know the mistakes that they've been making why they've been making mistakes why things were going wrong for them you know time and time again over the years as a pastor i've heard people say i don't know why everything seems to go wrong in my life well maybe we just not always but maybe we need to go back to the scripture and say are we living according what to what the word of god teaches are we placing the correct order or are we allowing the enemy to come in steal kill and destroy which he wants to try and do in your life are we setting a guard over our heart over our family over our loved ones are we setting a guard over our health over our mental well-being are we placing the guard of his word over our lives I believe it's so important and here the prophet Haggai God used him spoke through him and the words that he spoke number one it should have encouraged them to see the error of their ways and it should do that for us it should encourage us to look at our life and say well maybe that's the reason why I'm not seeing enough money at the end of the month maybe that's a a reason why i'm not seeing things stretch the way they should do maybe i'm just not got things in order but also it should encourage us and, and, and challenge us to move forward how can this word challenge us in our today right now as we move towards june the 27th as we move into our next season how does this word challenge us how should it challenge us how should we consider I guess, our spiritual life and our natural life. Is there an imbalance? You know, are you running around doing so many things for so many people? Are you charging here and charging there and you're not allowing enough time for God in your life? Are there things that are out of balance? Do we need to shed some things to be able to position ourselves where God really wants us and where he can use us? Because I believe as we take a hold of the word of truth and as we consider our ways, the light of God's word will shine. He will highlight areas of our life that we need to correct to bring his will to bear. Because I believe that if we're going to walk in the will of God, we've got to walk in the order of God. We've got to walk in the... God, God is a God of order. He's not a God of disorder or chaos. He's a God of order. You look at the planets. You look at the way the earth is. Everything has an order to it. And when our life is out of order, so is his will in our life very often. But as we bring our lives into order, his will begins to outwork in our life in a better way. So what is God really saying here to the children of Israel and to us? And I believe he's saying these things. Bring order... Bring order, not according to the systems of this world, but an order according to the will of my word. We've got to line our lives up with the word of God. You know, any, everything else may look good, may feel good. It may, it may just fit nicely. But actually, it could be you compromising the word of God and it just feels good to you. We need to bring his word into our life. We need to bring truth to bear in everything that we do. Don't do things from your own natural strength or from your own natural ability. Keep trusting God. You know, you may be really highly skilled. Sally, as a chef, she may be highly skilled. You know, Jane's cooking is pretty good. I don't know if it's quality as in chefs, but I like Jane's cooking. But, yeah, I got myself out of trouble. Did you see that? I've never tasted Sally's cooking, but Jane's cooking, I like Jane's cooking, have I done enough now? Okay, so. But Jane, pray, if she's going to make a cake, she'll pray over the making of the cake. She may have made that cake, I don't know how many times, but she'll pray that she'll get it right when she gives it away to someone else. It's about bringing God to bear, bringing him into the equation in all that we do. We, Sally may be highly skilled. Somebody else may be highly skilled in other areas. You may be an accountant. Where's Carmen. Phil, Carmen, there you go. Carmen may be a great accountant. She may be able to add figures as simply as 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 Sally can cooking. But if we don't bring God into the equation of our life, it's self-effort. It's what I can do. It's what I am able to achieve in my own self. And I believe, regardless of whether we're good at figures, good at cooking, or we are just a house hold mum cook, we bring God into the equation of our life. We were talking about that uh, Friday, I think it was during a, a short devotional that we have together. And, and it was, it was the, the, the difference between us, the way we look at things. But it's really important that we include God in the journey, that we walk not in our own strength, but in his strength. And you may like to say, you may be really good at certain things, I know, Paul. Paul, you're good at what you do, but as we allow God's strength, His wisdom, His direction, we will become so much better, because we're allowing the empowerment of God into what we do. Matthew 6:33 says this. So above all, now that, that's a pretty high priority, isn't it? That, that's that's above everything else. So above all, constantly seek god's kingdom so it's it's not a part-time thing this christianity it's not one day a week or a couple of days a week it is a 24-hour day lifestyle so above all constantly seek god's kingdom and his righteousness then let all these less important things they will be given to you abundantly very often we are chasing around trying to make ends meet, trying to make enough money, trying to do this, trying to clothe ourselves, trying to trying this, trying to do that. But actually, as we trust God in our journey and rely on his ability in our life, he's saying, above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. It just makes absolute sense. You know, the equation is, Seek him rather than be self-seeking. All the time we're self-seeking, we're like the children of Israel in the book of Haggai, who built their panel houses, did their own thing, looked out for their own interests. But when we're seeking God, he says, I will make sure everything else comes into place. I guess it's like a farmer who, who has seed and he goes out into the field He has seed ready to sow but he goes out in the field and he looks at the field and he's thinking where's the harvest before we see harvest we need to get seed into the ground I've just again year on year out you'll hear me say this I've just planted more grass seed in the garden and we were there today looking we we said I wonder what the neighbors are thinking we're both looking down at the mud Anyone looking at us probably thought, what are they doing? They often see us doing the same thing, looking in the pond. But wherever we go in the garden, we're just... Sort of, and I've just sown this seed a few days ago. I know it takes about seven days for it to... But I'm out there eagerly expecting the seed to grow. That's what a farmer does. But very often what we do is we, we expect God to do something or expect a harvest, but we've not sown seed. We're not sowing, whether it's physical, financial seed, whether it's word seed, the things that we say in our mouth, whether it's the Bible, which is the incorruptible seed of the word of God. We expect seed, we expect a harvest, but we've not planted seed. We expect a harvest of health, but we're not quoting or speaking out scriptural seed of healing and health in our physical bodies whenever you sow seed you speak it out when you're sowing seed out of your mouth is going into the ground of your heart and it's also putting god in remembrance of his word where he will come and answer that prayer we've got if you're believing for your your husband or your wife or a member of your family to get saved start speaking salvation seed That the word of God is able to save to the uttermost. Start speaking the word of God, household salvation. That if, if, if they confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, they will be saved. That God desires that all men would come to the knowledge of the truth, that they would come to a knowledge of repentance. Start speaking seed in that area if you if you're struggling with mental well-being or mental health start speaking the word of god that the peace of god guards not only my heart but my mind that that, 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 that in isaiah 53 he bore our sicknesses carried our diseases he, by the chastisement the chastisement of our peace was upon him and that by his stripes were healed, that he wore the crown of thorns so that i can have the peace of god in my mind so if we want to see a harvest We've got to start speaking spiritual seed. There's no point being a farmer looking at the field with no seed in it. We've got to be spiritually sowing seed. Therefore, we need to consider our ways. Are we spiritually sowing seed into the ground of our life so that... just trying to look. You're the youngest one in... No, Kirwin's the youngest one in the room. Kirwin, yeah, when you're older... You want to be sowing seed now so that when you reap the harvest in your older age, you have health and strength in your bones and in your body. Don't wait until you've heard me say this before. Don't wait until you get into your 60s, 70s and 80s before you start speaking health and wholeness. One of the things that we often pray is, Lord, strengthen our bones, strengthen our organs, strengthen, strengthen us that we're equipped to do all that you've called us to do. You don't, you don't sow the seed today and expect the harvest tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. Seed, time, and harvest. Let's consider our ways. You, you may be looking at a business plan in, in, and, 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 a, and a financial adventure. Don't just go running into it saying, oh yeah, I think I've saved enough money for this this new, event, this new venture that I'm going into. No, start sowing seed into the kingdom of God because God is no man's debtor. He will bless the hand of those who trust him. He will bless them. He will, in, in, as the, the scripture goes, he, um, he gives us the power to get wealth that we may establish his covenant upon the earth. He gives us the power to get wealth. That's incredible. But you've got to start sowing the seed by the word and by action. We've got to consider... Our ways. Remember, God is the author and the finisher. He starts something, he journeys with us until it's at the end. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. When God starts a journey in our life, no matter how hard that journey may seem, if he's with us at the beginning, he's there in the middle and he'll be there at the end. we just got to trust him at the beginning. we are going to trust him on the way through. And we've got to trust that he's going to be there in the finishing line. Do you know what? No matter what you're going through today or what you're going to go through in 10 years, God is already beyond it. Why? Because he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's already there. He's already been in our tomorrows. He's already been in our, our, our eternity. And we can trust him. Therefore, we need to consider our ways. Listen to this. Before we, before we took a breath, God knew every single one of our days. I think that's just amazing. That he knows our days. He knows the limit or the maximum number of our days. Psalm 139, it says this. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Isn't that amazing? It's just like, oh God, you're so good. Before I ever became me, God saw me. There isn't anything about your life that he doesn't know. There isn't a journey about your life he's he's shocked by or surprised by because he knew you before you took your first breath. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you'd planned for me were already recorded in your book. I think that's amazing. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the days in which we live. 86,400 seconds we have every single day. 86,400. What are we going to do? Are we going to live them to the fullest? Or are we just going to muddle on by for another day? Are we going to waste it? Are we going to invest it? Are we going to live our best? Do you know what? God wants us to be our best me every day. He knows that I'm not going to always have a good day, but he wants me to be my best me. Why? Because he created me and he knows the potential that is placed within me and within you. And we all have the potential to draw on him in our weakness. His strength is made perfect. Even in our struggles, we call upon Him. We trust Him in those journeys, and we see Him come through on our behalf. The Bible is full of journeys. I just listed a few of the journeys in the Bible. You, you and I have been called. We've been called out of the wide path to walk upon the narrow path to walk, the walk with Jesus in our life. And I just named a. Oh, here's a, a few of the journeys: the journey of redemption. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. As you look through the Bible, you'll see the the story of redemption unfolding in each of the books of the Bible. There's the journey of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus when Jesus came alongside. Each of these journeys, I guess we can take something from and apply to our life. The missional journey of Paul as he walked and talked and ministered and set up churches and connected with people throughout the New Testament. The wilderness journey of the children of Israel and the miracles, the wonders, and the signs of God that they saw. They had to trust Him. They doubted at times. They went through a wilderness, but God saw them through. Every one of these stories and journeys, we can carry something away in our heart and say, I'm going to trust you better. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you in this journey. The journey of faith with Abraham as he set aside his family and said no I'm going to go in the will and the purpose and the plan of God I don't know where I'm going but I'm trusting him in the journey goes from a guy called Abram to Abraham and had a covenant with God but I guess for me as I was contemplating these thoughts it's the unfolding revelation of God in the Bible that just I just love the unfolding revelation from uh, from the from the different names of god in the bible you know, i've just put down a couple here adonai the name adonai means master or lord do you know you know sometimes you know that moment of salvation that moment when we know that we are we were sinful and we cry out to god as as savior and we accept him as savior but it's not long down the line that all of a sudden we realize he's not only savior but he's lord he's my lord And we take on board his lordship in our life. And there's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, or the God who is more than enough. He is our all-sufficiency. El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. What is your situation today? Where is, what are the difficulties? Where are the struggles? He is more than enough for you. He is your sufficiency in the journey. And then we got the words, uh, the names for God, like the I am. When when he was talking to Moses in the burning bush, and who shall I say sent me? And he says, I am, has sent you. Uh, I am, what a name. I am everything that you need me to be. I am your everything. It was all summed up in that name, just as the name of Jesus. And when Jesus. When, when the, the soldiers approached Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and they said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. And they all fell down. You know, there is such power in the name of Jesus. There's such power in the name I am. And when you look through the Bible and you see the different names of God. And then you come to Abba, Father. You know, you can see almighty God. And yet he also reveals himself as Abba, Father, the one who loves on us, who cares for us, who's with us in the journey like a parent looking over their child. And it doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are, God wants to be our heavenly Father. And it's the unfolding revelation of the names of, of God that I just so love and it just so inspires me. But every one of these, there is a journey. You don't all of a sudden encounter God at salvation and suddenly encounter him as daddy. Some may, but most of the time it's, it, we find him as saviour and then we grow to understand who he is. And then Jesus taught his disciples. When you pray, you pray our oh, father, daddy God. What an incredible journey this is. Every one of us are on a journey the journey of faith the journey of discovery as we consider our ways as we consider the names of God as we consider how we connect to who God really is in our life we need to consider is he just savior or is he lord where we bow the knee in total submission in total admiration for who he is is he our El Shaddai? Is he, is he our all-sufficient one? When 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 there's a need, do we go to God first? Or do we consider our natural ways, our natural options? If we're sick, do we go to the medicine cabinet first and see what's in the medicine cabinet that we can take? Or do we consider our ways and go to God first? I guess, like the children of Israel, we've got to consider our ways. You know, like I said at the beginning of the message, we're going to be going into a time of prayer and a, and, and a season, uh, an on, ongoing season of prayer. Why? Because we believe that things are birthed in prayer. We don't want to just turn up here in this area and, and, and expect God to bring everyone down the alleyway. But we're going we're gonna to take spiritual authority over the powers of darkness in this area. We're going to wage warfare on the things that are holding people back in this area. I, I, as I was driving here tonight, I was thinking, I was actually thinking this on the way. I was thinking, there are so many areas in which we could have done church. Does it matter that it's Bridgemarie or Alberstoke or Elson? They're all in need of a Saviour, they're all in need of a Jesus to come and save them from their sin. So why not Bridgemarie? Why not this area? Can you imagine if a revival broke out in Bridgemarie? It's it's got a reputation, Bridgemarie. If something broke out here, it would affect the whole of this town. So why not here? And why not now? And I believe in prayer we're going to see something incredible happen in this area. When the zeal of God truly captures our heart, it will ignite within us a passion to walk with him in a higher level than we've ever walked before. When the zeal of God captures our heart. Listen to this in John 15 verse 15. And it says this. I have never called you servants. This is Jesus speaking. I have never called you servants. Because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. For I reveal to you everything I've heard from the Father. I don't know what that does to you, but to me it's just... When I read it from this translation, I thought, "That is absolutely beautiful. I don't call you servants even though we serve him." He says, "I call you my most intimate and cherished friends." That's who Jesus. When Jesus is looking at you, the, I don't know what your relationship with him's like, but when he looks at you, he said, "You are my most intimate." and cherished friend we may not have encountered that right now we may not be at that place where we can say ah oh, you're my most intimate friend but that's how jesus looks at every one of us he looks at you as his most intimate and cherished friend a friend that sticks closer than a brother a friend who had laid down his life when we were still sinners so that we could pick up our life and be connected to him. I don't know about you, but this, over the last couple of weeks, this has caused me to consider my ways, to consider my view, to consider my heart, to consider what I'm sowing, consider my future, to consider my relationship with him, what my journey looks like with him. I just really want to encourage each and every one of us. Let's consider our lives. Let's consider how we are leading our family. Are we leading them in the paths of righteousness? Are we taking that lead where we say, this is my life. This is how I conduct myself. This is the word of God that is true to me. Are we we living this life in our workplace? Are we out living it? As a performance, or is it real in our heart? My most intimate and cherished friends. I don't know about you, but I can just hear the voice of Jesus saying that. When, when, if, for him to say that to me, it's like, are you sure you're talking to me? And you may be feeling that in your heart. If, if the Lord saw what I did, or knew what I said, or considered the way in which I I, I am at work or considered the way I've behaved in the past, would he really choose me as a cherished friend and an intimate friend? Yes, he still would. Because he knows our weaknesses and yet he still loves us. He came preaching truth and grace. He knows our potential, but he keeps helping us get up again and keep going on this journey with him i I got i got a little bit more else i want to say but i'm not going to say it tonight i'm going to save it for next week so come back for week four on consider our ways because i believe this is really really important so let me just pray um as we close tonight remember in in jesus's view of you you are an intimate and cherished friend who he is walking with through the journey of life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will continue to direct your path. Father, tonight, we just release your word into the hearts of those here, those who are watching online, And those who are watching on catch up. And Father I pray. That the seed of your word. Will land in the ground of our heart. And Father that tonight. That seed will begin to take root. So that the harvest will come forth. Father I thank you. I thank you for the revelation. Of who you are. You are Lord. And Savior. You are provider. You are our everything, our El Shaddai. And Father, tonight we want to bow the knee before you. As Daddy God, and yet God Almighty, we stand in reverence and in awe of who you are. And Father, we just want to, we just want to, Lord, consider our ways. Consider our journey. Holy Spirit, We ask you to to turn on the spotlight on areas of our life that we need to deal with. And we ask you to help us in this journey. Father, we just give you the praise and the glory. We thank you that you are with us every day of the week. Every moment of every day, you are with us. Help us to remember that you are a friend who sticks closer than a brother, who will journey with us through the ups and the downs, through our good, the bad, and the ugly in our life. Father, I pray that we will lean into you, draw from you, and grow in truth and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Next week, installment number four. Fantastic hang on i'll put on my put on that one that's better i can breathe with this one there we go so feel free to exit feel free to sign up for prayer and uh, let's see something amazing happen in these weeks and months ahead okay all right god bless you